Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Billy Moore podcast. And today's special guest is Jose Baxter. How are you, Jose? I'm sound, Bill, yeah. Sound. A uh, bit tired from watching you. Uh, <laughs> working out there, but yeah. yeah, I'm good, mate. All good. Watching me punish myself. Yeah. So, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Right. So, Jose, former Everton player. Yeah. Was, yeah. Played football ever since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, from what I can remember. Um, five, six, getting picked up by Everton and. Uh, ever since then, really, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story growing up, you know. So growing up, um, I, I people say, oh, when I was three or when I was four, I can't really remember that, Bill. Yeah. Uh, but even getting picked up by Everton, yeah, it was around about five or six. I was playing for um, Cleggs at the time, which is now called Bootle. And um, yeah, I was at Everton and Liverpool up until about seven, doing Monday, Tuesday here and Wednesday, Thursday there and um, it become a time where I had to sign for one and my dad just asked me and uh, my decision which I still can't remember back in the day but my dad my dad was a red my decision was to go to Everton uh, felt more homey there mm. felt a bit better and it was the right decision I know we live in a city which is like us and them yeah. you know that as well you know mm. the reds the blues and like you know you know, I'm I'm a blue. I don't know what the fuck plays for them, <laughs> but, but I am just yeah. because it's it's family. You know, yeah. my dad, my yeah. brother, mm. he was fan of the year. Um, yeah. So, what um, what motivates you to to play football growing up? Because what what was your decision? Um, so, so I just lo- I just love footy. Uh, yeah. I think like most lads, and then going to school and on the school yard playing footy, and then I think it was around twelve thirteen where really started like thinking well this is what i'm gonna do yeah um i mean i'll be in like big headed or anything i thought like I'm, I'm gonna do this and that's it and maybe didn't take school as serious as what i should have done and stuff like that but yeah 12 13 started then thinking that well this is what i'm gonna do and then 14 15 started going with the older lads like the under 18s the under 23s at yeah. 15 then i'd train with the first team so by then i was like i, I was all in then yeah um had a couple of days out of school which they agreed with with everton to go and play with train with the senior lads and the lads who were full-time so yeah around about i'd say 13 was when i really put my finger on this is this is what mm. i want to do well do you know what right and i've listened to you know a lot of guests talk about their experience and you know plenty of people who are in the, the sports kind of arena and they've always said the same thing. Yeah. They knew what they wanted. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were committing. It was a, it, it was all or nothing. They were yeah, going yeah. for it. Yeah. You've got to have that. Do you yeah. believe that you've got to have that? Because I knew when I was at school, I was shit at yeah, 40. Yeah. I was never yeah. getting picked. Yeah. Right, so I was jealous. I was. Yeah. I was jealous yeah. of the kids who could play. Yeah. Right, yeah. and we'd be in a line-up and we'd go, I'll have him, I'll have him, yeah. I'll have him. And I'd be the last. Yeah. I'd be the yeah. goalie. Yeah. And I still wouldn't shave a goal. Yeah. You know, so mm. I knew I wasn't... Um, Built for that, yeah. I wasn't built yeah. for football. I wasn't mm. built for running. Yeah. I used to have long distance like running mm. uh, events in our school, and I'd always be at the back. And he's this this kid. He had legs on him like a gazelle, and he'd be running. And I'd be jealous. And think, well, yeah. I used to think to myself, what's wrong with me? Mm. You know. Mm. So, without being big headed, which you just said, you know, you knew what you wanted. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I knew what I wanted from an early age, and maybe that's why I never took school that serious because there was nothing else I wanted to be um, and obviously the older I am now and so more mature I am yeah. there could have been an injury in there somewhere yeah. there could have been any anything in there where 
then I had to would have had to resort back to you know Swim, what am yeah. I going to do now? Yeah, but my sole focus was, was being a professional footballer, like school games, schoolboy games, all that. Like I see now as a coach, a lot of kids go and play for the schools and like don't turn up training for like their, their academy and that. And that was never me. My intention was never to go and play for my school or go and yeah. play for the schoolboys. I wanted to be a professional footballer at Everton and in my eyes there was nothing stopping me and so did you miss out academically a lot definitely and yeah. you felt you know you've just touched on it that you felt if you didn't have um, if you if you had an injury you wouldn't have had that skill set mm. to go into some other kind of employment yeah so that was that was that ever a worry you know um, it was when I got banned because it was like shit what happens now uh, nothing to fall back on so I was like well what, what do I do now maybe I should have took school serious but back then no like it wasn't a worry um, like I said I don't yeah. know whether it was because I missed the big part of my growing up I, like at 14 15 then I started being with in changing rooms with lads who were these big you know big idols and yeah. multi-millionaires and you know big egos and I, I then from, sort of went from being in school walking the shop or getting my school dinner with me mates into the changing room with these men so I didn't really get the growing up and the maturity I probably needed back then yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be overwhelming as well isn't yeah, it you it know was. especially like you know oh, oh shitting and changes yeah. with the mm. big hitters like that yeah. You know, it's going to have an effect on you, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think that did have an effect on you, didn't it? Yeah. It kind of had an impact on on who you were yeah. as, a, as a person. If you want yeah. to tell me tell me a little bit about being banned and what went wrong there. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, it's your story. Yeah, it was, Bill. Uh, my younger age from, from around then when I moved into, you know, mid-20s, I just thought like I was invincible and in this bubble where it was, it was false and... Mm. I was a bit of a dickhead and I was a dickhead, I wasn't a bit of a dickhead, I was and just grew up sort of, like I said, in this football environment bubble where you feel like you're untouchable and you feel like you can get away with everything and um, just just sort of gambled with everything in life, lived on the edge, uh, got a buzz out of it and uh, looking back, just horrible, it was horrible and then I left Everton even then, still with like probably an ego, weren't really playing. Thought I should have been, yeah. just left. Um, and then when and when and signed for Oldham, got bought from Oldham, and that's when like me me banning everything like that started coming into play. Where like I'll never ever blame anyone but myself because no one you know put that drug in the mouth and what whatever. But for me. It was like a little bit of a knock-on effect. I I always had dreams in life as a young kid, and he was to, you know, play in the Premier League, score at Wembley, um, play for my country. And by, by the time I was twenty, but I'd done all of them. So like, um, so you done you you actually done like, like you achieved a lot by that age, haven't you? Yeah, wow. yeah. Played in Europe for Everton and Premier League, like I said, scored at Wembley. Um, got bought for over a million pounds, like all stuff like that at the age of 20. And me, me, me last dream, which was probably the most important to me, was to like retire my mum and dad and buy my mum and dad a house. And when I signed for Oldham as part of the deal with the chairman, the man who owned the club was that if I, whatever I got sold for, if I sign the two and a half year contract with him, 
it's 50 50 between me and him and it was in a big boardroom all board members there my agent my dad shook hands on it gentleman's agreement and uh, i got bought for over a million pounds so for me like that that was my dream then complete for me mum uh i'm my dad really and next thing like it come to paying me and he just said he never said that and then i walked into walked into the boardroom was like well there's other board members here who, mm. who who will back me up because i thought he was sort of friends of mine these fellas yeah. so I had a good relationship <laughs> with them yeah, tell me about it and then all of a sudden uh, no we weren't in the meeting and yeah. didn't get a penny out of it so i went to chef united which was a massive club still is a massive club on on a boss contract just being like bought for over a million quid i was like the kid in the team who you know we just bought him and and just a shadow of myself just playing football eh? like 50 percent the man i was and 50 percent the player i was yeah going in with a mask on sort of didn't want the lads to know because you're playing in a team environment so you don't want to show weakness and putting a brave face on i was always the class clown me bill in in school and and in the changing room so if i went in and i weren't making lads laugh or, or up to mischief with you know the kit man or whatever then people would have been thinking well what's up with him yeah. so yeah went in and sort of put a brave face on for for a long time really and still actually but like i said before without being bigger they achieved really good stuff there like yeah. the top goal scorer twice twice on the bounce uh top five in a decade in terms of scoring goals for chef you and and that was all in the space of 18 months but do you think like do you think you were you were lacking in the in self-esteem because for me i know that when you know i'm acting out and i'm trying to be the class clown i'm reflecting right because yeah. you know in reality i'm not feeling too good about myself yeah. i'm like yourself i'm putting masks on yeah um, and i'm pretending yeah i'm okay and i'm acting as if and um you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't benefit me in the long run. Mm. You know, because yeah. I know what happened as a consequence. Yeah. I'm gonna crash. Yeah. And that sounds exactly like what you did. And you're also, you know, you ain't shabby in the industry, yeah. contracts. Yeah. Getting bumped here, there and everywhere by the sounds of it. Yeah. In a sense. Mm. So you think do you feel that's like was was played a big part? Did you did you lack in other areas? Um Potentially, yeah. Like up until I moved to America, which was only like eighteen months, two years ago, and started writing stuff down about myself. That's only when really I grew up, Bill. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and when I wrote down and read it over, I was just a dickhead, and really, it all boiled down to I gambled with everything, everything. Like gam gambled with actually gambling, gambled with going out when I shouldn't have, taking that risk gambled with relationship when I shouldn't have just 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 everything just everything like everything I done was just a big you know gamble and stupidity and the shades only right and I've I've learned this myself was like it's it's therapeutic when you write something down because you can't escape what yeah. you've written down yeah you know um, there's always a saying and I got sold it years ago you can fool a baker and get away with a bum but you can't if you fool yourself you'll end up with none yeah so when I started writing this story right and I've always yeah. said this when I started writing my story I could. I was thinking to myself, I could, I could invent this, I could yeah. glamorise this, I could throw a bevy on that. Yeah. But when in reality I wrote about it and I seen who I really was, yeah. I was cringing. Yeah. I was thinking, fucking hell, is that the way you behaved? Yeah. And that, the fear of knowing who I actually was and then getting that published yeah. was like, whoa, 
wonder if everyone will judge me because I've yeah. told the truth here. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I did have, I was scared, I did have yeah. all these fears going on. Yeah. You know, I did behave a little bit, you know, yeah. differently than the rest of the people. But it, it's not, it's, it's attractive, mm. it's growth. Mm. You know, did you feel that you were like, you know, it's not a fucking therapeutic session, like, but yeah. you know, did you feel like you were healing from all that? Yeah, definitely. The more I've uh, learned to come and speak out about stuff like that and being in a football environment where not many people do and the ones who are scared to actually, you know, she might have seen stories take their own lives and that. Like, yeah. I, I like to do it to also help others. And like I said, once I wrote down a lad who I live with in America, he was like, just jot, jot stuff down about yourself. He was American. He always used to do it, keep his own yeah. diary. And exactly that, what you said, I wrote it down. I was like my god like is that who i was and yeah, yeah. i was definitely embarrassed still from like 28 to 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 born i i was i'm embarrassed of who i was but i don't think it i think it's it's it it's just growing up yeah. like you said and being mature you know it took me a long long time to just like realize that i've been in the playground too long yeah and i need to to develop emotionally because like yourself i was I had that air of arrogance. Yeah. You do. You think you you, know, you said you're invincible. Yeah. You're gonna live forever. Yeah. You know you you can go to these lengths and do things that, mm. you know, you wouldn't normally do. In, in your mind's a bit more yeah. clear. So you would. Do, so what was the drugs? What drugs? Yeah. So um, do you know what? Bill, I'd never ever took a drug in my life. God, honest truth, this and uh, went to London, and took half a tablet. Still to this day, I actually don't know why, um, but I did it. Uh, that was on the Saturday and on the Monday I went into training, got drug tested and um, and that was that was the first ever drug I took and the first ever drug test I'd had and, mm. and it happened and you know maybe probably for the better really um, but that for a couple of years pre after that there was a lot of like depressing days and that very very dark days where everything I'd done, like I said to you, from five up until twenty, my whole life then just got ripped away from me and right in front of my eyes. And it was like, what do I do now? And um, my routine had gone. Started like lying in bed for days at a time and uh, all stuff like that. And then one day, just sort of snapped out of it. What got me in it? Uh, as it was all coming out, the story and me ban and it was the, the weight the pressure of the weight of what's going to happen where you're just thinking continuously that, that that's enough you've got the weight weight of the world on your shoulders i went into some um shopping center like a marks and spencer's in sheffield and took i'd lived there for 18 months so i sort of got to know a little few people and faces and it's a little bit like liverpool you love one you hate the other in mm. terms of teams and dead dead quite good city in terms of everyone knows everyone brilliant place to live anyway i went to this woman on the till i thought you know she won't know me whatever hold up uh, and got me food and by the end of it she said oh by the way uh about to tell me son that his favorite players being a naughty boy wow it just crushed me mate honest crushed me uh went home and was like shit my girl at the time worked and all that and started like having thought i'd never had I'd had in my life and reality of it I just didn't have the balls to you do like it the, the, like the whole city you feel like the whole city was just shaving you up a shame yeah. buddy yeah, yeah there the, you every go. Min, the minute I stepped foot out I was like people are looking at me show, people are laughing at me show for, for, for a mistake you know or, or a bad kind of 
judgments mm. were a bad decision. You yeah. took half a tablet, yeah. you went out, you partied, yeah. right? You come mm. back, you had a, you had a, an MDT, which is one of those mandatory drug tests, yeah. Yeah. right? That's come back positive for, for ecstasy, yeah. right? Bang. Your whole mm. life's just being fucking switched upside oh, yeah. down. How yeah. mad is yeah, that, yeah. mate? Yeah. You know, I find out, Bill, as well, I found out by the manager in the semi-final of a playoff. So I'd had the drug test four or five weeks previous. And on the day where my dad and mates and I are driving up to Sheffield to watch yeah. me and arguably one of the biggest games of my career, I get the phone call off the manager, can you come in early? And I thought, I fucking hope he's not going to drop me. Mm. And then I sat down and he said, I said, I'll tell the fans that you're ill for now until I get the game over with. Mm. And yeah, the, everything just ripped from. So was this obviously this was uh, this was fucking in the public eye then, weren't it? This was in the domain. Everyone yeah. knows about it. Yeah. So, and Sky Sports News, you know, Granada reports, every newspaper. There was no hiding from it, like which is probably why I stayed in my bedroom and stayed in the house and dark dark days, lights off for for so long. That must have been really difficult because you know him. I know what it's like to be targeted. Mm. You know, but especially like you know, you you you're quite vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No one realizes that. You think you're a, you're a superstar. You're a football player. Yeah. You've got it going on. But in reality, you you're human like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know, you feel it like yeah. everybody else. Uh, and you, you know, you're close to fucking ending your life by the sound of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you're in a dark place. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go after that? Oh, that was it, Bill. Like, honestly, yeah. I had them thoughts and looking around the room and like looking at your belt on your jeans and all that and and, and everything. Honest, I really did. Like that's that, that's no lie. And I just think I just all boils down to I really didn't have the balls. Really yeah. didn't. And not like, uh, me, the baby's mum got pregnant at the time, and like that was then like you know, never type yeah. thing. Uh, you know, leaving a daughter or anything like that. So that was never ever gonna happen then. Do you know what, mate? I've had, I've been in that situation right where it's been fucking hell on earth, and yeah. I wanted to end it. Right, I really yeah. have, mate. It's like yeah. it's I'm close to it. I'm looking around like yourself and thinking of easy ways to to, to escape fucking the reality yeah. of my situation. And the only thing that's stopping me, right, is you haven't got the balls. Now it's not about having balls, yeah. right? It's about losing your yeah. mind. Yeah. People who end their life, you know, it, 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 they must be out of their yeah. mind, yeah. right? Mm. Not people say, "Oh, you've got to be brave." It's not about being brave, yeah. right? You've got to absolutely be gone yeah. Yeah. with it, right? So it's like the likes of us at that time are older on to something. Yeah. And I'm glad that I never yeah. had the balls to be yeah. fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, because certainly. like I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you, mm. you know, like yourself bringing up a little. Little yeah. Charles and nature in there, yeah. there young life. It's it's the something that's fucking round the corner that's gonna be like or, or watching yeah. Dan or Savina. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you know that situation. It's it's. I, I can identify at the experience that you were going through. It must have been really difficult, you know. So you know yeah. that's off to you. Yeah, no, it was. And did you have any support though? Um. So in terms of obviously family and all that around me, and then. Moved back to Liverpool and was in my mum's and obviously my mum, girlfriend at the time and that was fucking unbelievable with me and and then all of a sudden, uh, a mate of mine started bringing me to you know peak performance in Anfield. Yeah. Started bringing me there, and uh, I started training with the two coaches there, Tom Christie and Tom Farrell, and then Clark Clark Rooney sort of towards the back end of it when I was going back into footy as well, doing me football bits. 
and uh, I made Sean just kept coming, picking me up, like sort of getting me out of bed. And I got that routine back where like it was a ten o'clock class of a morning, and like you know that was your routine, similar to footy, half ten start, but you're in for half nine. So started getting a routine back, started training, getting me mind back a little bit. Before I knew it, like a year had gone, and it was only six months down the line, and then couple of clubs were calling me and sort of I always knew I'd get back into football but never did I know that I, I would have ended up back at Everton which is like still now pinch myself over because I was in the chippy I don't know whether you've heard the story in the, chi- <laughs> in the chippy in Iton, um with with the baby's mum Cindy and phone goes um, with L number so you know when you whip your phone out and yeah, fuck that, mate. Yeah, not she, answering she, that. She, yeah, not, not answers that, but like, <laughs> she's she looking there. down, like, who's that? <laughs> so uh, I answered and I just heard um, the words and still remember the phone call, like, it's here now. And he goes, uh, All right, son, sp- uh, seems like yesterday we only spoke, doesn't it? And I just thought, That's the chairman, that's Bill Kenley. So I said, Chairman. He went, Yeah. And he went, uh, Seeing an article, you, you're coming back and. I'd love to be the man to turn your career around for you. Never know, never sort of understood why you left and you were my blue-eyed boy, this, that, the other. So then I thought I was going back in just to train in pre-season and get fit to go to another club and started doing um, voluntary work every Wednesday then for dementia and Alzheimer's up at Everton in the community. And one day Unsworth and Denise Baxendale come in and put a contract in front of me, 12 months off Everton, just to get back into it. Brilliant. I broke down, mate. Cried my eyes out, and then from there, Unsworth was like, like I, you never replaced me, Dad, because you know I adore me, Dad, and he's always been there for me. But Unzi was like a second father figure to me, yeah, and just made me feel so welcome, and and still to this day does, and like being an unbelievable like mentor for me, and and then Denise Baxendale, she's like a powerful businesswoman, and for her to like take time out and texts me now still to see how I am and all that just like unbelievable to have that support from not only the chairman but them two as well it's been great it's amazing because I feel as if um, it's it's you know the power the power of like like that just empathy and humanish yeah. right yeah. and people reaching out because you you know when you're in them dark places and it's it, it's lost we need you yeah. know what what we need is someone just to believe in us because yeah, yeah. when we're like that we don't believe in ourselves yeah, i don't yeah. care who you are yeah, mate. Yeah. right and you're talking about routine and discipline right if you haven't got routine or discipline mate, and you're regimental around a few things yeah. you, you, you're struggling oh yeah definitely. Right? you haven't got no what, what the fuck it's like you know what you do next and mm. you know it, your life can be really like mundane you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. i can imagine yeah. what it was like but to get that second chance and someone's actually believed in you yeah that's amazing because that's what happened with me, you know. And I think a lot of people need to understand that there's people out there that deserve second chances. Oh, 100%. You know, 100%. Yeah. And everyone makes mistakes, Bill. There's some, some more severe than others. And in my case, there's, pro- there's probably hundreds of lads doing it. But mm. in my industry, there was hundreds of thousands of people watching you. So it got publicised a bit more, but everyone makes mistakes and you can't judge people on that because if you haven't made a mistake and you sit in front front of me, I'll call you a liar. Yeah. Because everyone's made a mistake somewhere along the line and no one's a saint. No. Uh, And, you know, just 
everyone does deserve a second chance or there's, always there's, shade, don't they? there's no shame without a past and no sinner without a future yeah. right mm. uh, you know I'm, I'm definitely yeah. no mother yeah. Teresa yeah. you know I don't claim to be yeah. um, and like yourself I've, I felt uncomfortable about the things that I've done Yeah. but I know that's not me Yeah. like sitting here I, I look like you say and I, yeah. I read I write about that stuff and yeah. then when I read it back I go oh my god who the fuck was yeah. that yeah yeah that's exactly you, where I was at Bill yeah but I'm thinking who the fuck was that person, right? Yeah. But pe- there still be people out yeah. there, and I know there is, that, you know, that that'll go, yeah, you've done this and you've done yeah. that. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were still doing that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, if yeah. you were still doing that kind of stuff and yeah. you were still acting out and behaving, yeah. then you're fucking fair play. Yeah, yeah. You know, you deserve that comment. Yeah, of course. No, if you're willing to change and you're trying, it's it's unfair. Yeah, it is. And and like you said, that was a stage of your life where you was making mistakes, you wasn't that person, you was and to change people people will say a leopard never changes its spots this that and the other but i rarely look back at that person and think exactly what you've just said who the fuck was you yeah and then you sort of want to prove to people as well at the same time that like, this is me and that, that realistically the closest people to you actually know yeah. that was never you anyway but yeah. like to come out the other side and you know express and actually admit it like, like yourself and that like it takes a strong person to, to say I, I I was a prick. Do you know what? Right, I, I don't I don't respect anyone who denies. Yeah. Right, uh, when you know they're being in the wrong, yeah. and they yeah. don't take responsibility yeah. and be accountable for it, and go, yeah. do you know what? I'm gonna roll my hands up. If anyone yeah. says, look, it was me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Can we move on? Yeah. I need some help. I'm reaching out to you. Right. Hundred percent. When you're in denial. Yeah. And you're constantly like just making out it was dismissing everyone's. Yeah, yeah. That will keep you done well. Oh, it will, yeah. Right, so, you know, there's a lot of people that will probably remain like that, right? Mm-hmm. You do things and I don't really want to admit the truth. So for you, you know, I don't want to say this, like the catharsis of like the writing and, uh, and talking yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, do you, feel, do you feel that's like, that's opened up a different world for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has. Uh, speaking about it, uh, especially in what I'm doing now in terms of coaching young lads, I'd hate to think that they can come into training and put a mask on and not come to me and speak to me. Um, so for me, um, as as a coach, you're a mentor and you know, you're know you a teacher and you're, you're everything in one and you've got to recognise them things and that's, that's something I'm massive on now in terms of yeah. I hope that lads couldn't because uh, only today, Connor Cody, uh, Wolves captain, plays for England, messaged me saying uh, I've read an article this that the other and uh, the amount of car journeys we we spent together going up from Liverpool to Sheffield and like you didn't tell me type thing and like it's cause of all that you don't want to show weakness at your teammates and yeah. then, then will the manager not pick you if you say that you you don't feel too good and like I'd never ever want that for any of me you know staff or any of the coaches around me and that I'd always want to be there as like someone who can share them experiences because I've been yeah. there and done it. You need someone who's approachable. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think that's paramount. Yeah. If you can, like, see, we work with kids, you've just seen yeah. what we've just been doing. If we can identify with them and we can relate to them yeah. and share our experience but not let it cloud our judgment when yeah. we're, we're looking at their pathway. Yeah. Because what was good for me isn't good for you. No, no. You yeah. know, what my, yeah. how I feel is not how you feel. Yeah. You know, we 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 relate to differently to, to that as well. Um, so it it's it. I think it's important 
that if you're honest then you can share your experience with them yeah does that open do you, do you, do you find like you go like that yeah Roger do you know want me to feel a little bit shit today do you think they're definitely. a bit more open definitely yeah so I, when I was a player I used to see fellas come in suits look the path gleaming and all that and talk about like stuff that's you know the being this the being that and two minutes in lads switch off they do because they, they, I don't feel like they yeah. think it's real and that fella hasn't been through it and this that the mm. other way if the lads can see you've been through it and you've been on a similar path like I said the story the other week to me mate like there was a kid at Everton who come in and I won't say his name and he he come in and I could see straight away that sort of man right with him and I said what's up with you he's like nothing I was like what's up with you and he was like have you got a minute and like he come and told me like traumatic news that had happened to one of his family members and lucky enough now thank god that his family members fine but for that five minutes i just cried my eyes out with him and told him knock on my door anytime you want yeah. you know i'm you coach yeah but you know you mate as well don't ever feel down i'll come and cry with you and he, he went away and you could see he felt six feet tossed you go home if you want like i'll go and speak to to, to the top man and if you want to go home yeah. I said you know what I feel like if I train for like that split hour my mind will yeah. be offered and that and, and it was a lovely like moment to, as a coach to like think well you know what like that's the first box ticked in terms of recognising that someone weren't themselves yeah because there's, there's a thin line between um, anger and vulnerability yeah. right you know for someone who's used to like, like masking it and showing yeah. You know, a little bit of like macho, but of ours. when it comes to being vulnerable, it's quite difficult. Oh, so yeah. you know, and I've mm-hmm. experienced it where I'll get angry first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I notice someone getting angry, I know behind that anger there's a lot of hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's to be. You see it on social media, people shouting off and, yeah. and putting people down, and they're angry. And, and I think to myself, you know, that person's really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, they need they need someone to talk to and, and empathize with what's going on. Definitely. Whereas before. Anger, it provoke anger with me. Yeah. You'd react. Yeah. You know that was the way it was for me. You know mm. you you were angry, so I'm angry. So yeah. we're, we're fucking fighting now. Yeah. There's a consequence. Yeah. And at the end of it, I didn't feel good about it. And yeah. I knew now, didn't know then that the other person probably didn't feel good about it. It was just about talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how fucking beautiful is that experience? Yeah. Sitting there, right, mm. and sharing your emotions and actually yeah. fucking crying. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it's not weak. No. But. It, but it seems, it seems to be weak by some people. Yeah, well, I think they're just the stupid ones who think that. Because like you said then, like there's many a fights and many of traumatic stuff that's happened in the past that a conversation would have, would have dealt with. Yeah. And like that's what we need to sort of pass down to the younger generation now that Brilliant. rather than fighting and, and, and doing this and doing that, actually go and talk it out because the majority of it, like... You know, it ends up two ways in terms of fighting and all that. Like, you know, one one of you go to jail, the other one ends up murdered. Two families have got to live with it for the rest of their lives. Like, go and actually talk it out. And mm. you know what? You just can help well more people, and that's that's the way I think about it. Yeah, the city's quite closed off in that area. Yeah. I, I, I feel that, you know, we can only do, you know, a small part and we've got a, a small role to play. Yeah. You know, helping individuals change their pathway. What would. We're not actually, we, we only, we can only guide people. Yeah. Like, I, I know what it was like, you know, mm. fucking growing up. It was quite difficult. We never had the mentors. Yeah. We never had the interventions. And I never had anyone coming into my school telling me. And we used to go for mm. to assembly, just sit there. Yeah. And fucking sing hymns. Yeah. 
yeah. every single morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? That wasn't there was no interventions. There was no right. This is the right path. Yeah. And then right, like you said, the kid mm. who turns up in a shoe gleaming. Yeah. Right. I used to have like drug counselors turn up at me mask with clipboards. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. shirt and ties on, going, this is how you need to yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be yeah. like, how do you know? The fuck, mate? Yeah. I wouldn't want to pay any attention yeah. to him. It was only, right, it was only, like, till years later that it was another another guy that had been in the same boat as me, mm. experienced the same stuff that I experienced. Mm. I went, yeah, Bill, you can change, you know. Yeah. yeah. sit down and have a chat. Yeah. And that was the first time, yeah. you know, and I broke down. Yeah. Mm. Mate, I'm not scared to admit that. Yeah. Like, I'd, fucking, I'd tell you, I'll fight anyone. Yeah. But the biggest fight he had was with myself. So, yeah. And how I felt. Yeah. It was. Jose yeah. was like, oh, yeah. fucking fighting with my feelings here. Yeah, Never yeah. mind you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and that, for me, was the gateway to freedom yeah. and acceptance and going, okay. And it was only by listening to my mum. And my mum said to me, you need to ask for help. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm. You know, my way of asking for help was like climbing on fucking prison roofs and yeah. spending months in solitary confinement and, and in and out of institutions. That was me, yeah, yeah. negatively. Yeah. I wanted help, but I couldn't yeah. say, look, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me shot here. Instead of just saying that. Mm. And the minute I did say that, my whole life changed. Yeah. People reached out and went, look, come on, mate. Mm. Here's a way out. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's great that it you, you, you're down that, you know, you've, you've identified that with yeah. these kids. It is, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lovely feeling, like you said, and like to get out of that and like even re, re, retiring. Like when I retired from footy, loads of people was like, was it tough? Was it hard? It was more of a relief for me rather than an upset because that whole Jose back to the footballer in that bubble, I felt like was just, I could fucking put a knife in the bubble and it would just burst and... and and that's that. That's exactly how I, fi- I felt. And yeah. the Joe, like what my mum calls me, and what my nan calls me, and everyone around me who, who, who I love calls me. That 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 was me back. And uh, it was it was it was a nice moment. I feel bad because look, I'm not a big football fan, right? Yeah. And I I always right. Yeah. He, he, I think um, you know I, I think he named one player. He's never been to a game in his life, oh, you know, right? Would, would he not? He would. I'm sure he would. But he's just. He's got that social interaction, but he's getting round that. Yeah, he's overcoming yeah. it. And there's, there's been a lot of people that have offered him boxes. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah. once we get the chat, we'll yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's just, I don't know what, he just loves yeah. Everton yeah. with a religion. But you're asking yeah. me plays for Everton, and all you'll say is Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. He won't know anyone else. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. He won't know any footballer. Yeah. Right, he's had T-shirts and tops sent by them. He's had yeah. a few of um, the top players send him a few bits and bobs. Hasn't got a clue who they are. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like, like fucking hell, I don't know because I'm not a, yeah. a football fan, OJ. Yeah, that's fine. So, how many games did you play for Everton? Because I, yeah, so Everton from 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 a young age, so I broke in. I was the youngest player to play in the Premier League at 16. So just come out of school and yeah. played in the Premier League, and then over a period of three, four years, played a handful of games, ten or twelve games, Europe, Premier League, cup games, and then went out on loan to Tramia. Um, which was quite successful, come back and just couldn't really break in the team. Um, for me, I felt like I should have at the time. I was playing all right and a couple of the older lads were, were vouching for me for that. But then Everton had signed like players for 15, 20 mil, which is 10, 15 years ago when it was th- that was that was big money. Uh, so it was quite tough to get in the team after a manager that spent that on a player and I played in that same position and stuff. So then... 
that's when I decided to to go and then went on to play like over two hundred. What was your position in the team? I could tackle midfield, centre mid, tackle midfield, yeah. Um and went on, like I said, to play over a couple of hundred uh, professional games and scored many goals and ticked dreams off so Although I look back and a little bit proud, I'm also I think that <laughs> I underachieved massively. Yeah. Do you feel like you did underachieve? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Uh, I just felt like I should have went on to play 500 games, and you know, if I wouldn't have had me two and a half years out, three years, then that was another 120 odd, 150 games. Um, I come back and injuries because I'd been out the game for two and a half years. Injuries then kicked in, so I couldn't really get going in the four or five years after until mm. I retired. Me, my body just wasn't used to not playing football. Yeah. Uh, so when I got back into it, it was just knitting together and little calf strains, hamstring, groin, all stuff like that. And just couldn't get going, Bill. It was when I, when I say I was 50% of the player when I went to Sheffield for you know mental reasons yeah. and a shadow of myself. Physical, physically, and I was fucking 30 percent after me ban coming back. Yeah. So I was just never ever the same. It frustrated me, and I was just in it then for you know because teams were offering, and I'd go in and I'm sort of trying to rebuild uh, everything financially and all that as well. So yeah, it's probably just uh, it must. It's gonna be really difficult as well because it's you know for local lads mm. to play for local teams. Yeah, right. So how many do yeah. you know that have played yeah. like like just. No, Liverpool and Everton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You started with Rooney, didn't yeah. you? And yeah. then you worked your way up. Yeah. You know. Um did you ever play with Rooney? No, so Wayne was like uh off the top of my head about six, seven years older than me. Um and like Franny, Wayne, um, Granty, all them lads were a lot older and then there was like Vaughn, Victor, um and then a couple of years older was like Rodwell and stuff like that and then and then I, I came through after them. I was probably the one to come through after Rodwell. And then below me was Barkley. So we always, always produced. And yeah. uh, like you said, there's tons and hundreds of thousands of I, only, I, I I'm going back as far as fucking like Pat fans are now. Yeah, this yeah. A, so that's where I've done me, me Everton and the community stuff with Pat. Yeah, I know Pat. Yeah, he's yeah nice, Pat's nice. a tough fella. He got some great stories and sat there and spoke to him. And Lee John, you know Lee? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know Lee well, yeah. yeah. So I've done it with them too and Henry Mooney. Yeah. Um, so it was great, fantastic experience, like. Yeah, we've had. I spent our kid goes to the match. Our kid, our Joe, that's yeah. only a big, big fucking yeah. fan. He'll go to every game. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it's it's important. I feel, uh, you know, going forward to communicate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With every. In every aspect of yeah. your life, not only with your teammates, but with yeah. your close friends and your yeah. family. Yeah. Do you think that's something that you've you, you kind of missed out on? Yeah. Yeah. What about relationships? How did they work out? Um. So I was in a long one, Bill, for ten years. The baby's mum and um, I was just a prick, just an absolute prick. And like I said, up until a couple of years ago, like um, I was embarrassed of who I was now looking back and now like like I said you it's quite hard to now say I, I've changed because for 10 years people are like well you were, you were a prick so, what do you uh, mean though when you say you were a prick just like uh, everything like going out the behaviour um, yeah behaviour wise yeah um, fucking other girls being stupid 
Um, not really seeing them as number one, really, yeah. and uh, and they should have been. And like you said before, when you felt vulnerable, you were angry. Like I'd bite her head, bite her head off at something that like weren't even bad what she'd said, or you know, just like I was horrible. She's reacting. Yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah, what? You know, you're not person. alone there, mate. And my missus does all the edits, so she yeah. knows that. Like how you fucking yeah. react. Just, yeah. Just you know, it's it's quite. Um, I'm not perfect. Yeah. We do react. We do yeah. uh, bite. I don't feel good about it yeah, after yeah. it, to be fair. Um but what I what I believe is behind all that is a lot of stress, mm. right? And there's a lot of pressure yeah. and there's a lot of things going on that's contributing in the background. So for yeah. you to behave the way you did, you just you did you're not born to yeah. fucking yeah. behave like that or react like that. Yeah. Or fucking be a knobhead, basically, mm. right? There's something contributing to that yeah. behaviour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whether it's your ego, yeah. whether it's you feel you know you sign an impress upon mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, uh, you want to be desired by other women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drinking's a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. So there's loads. Yeah, that you've got to look at. Mm-hmm. For me, it's probably just looking at life on life's terms. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. days, it was. It, it is a pressured job, and especially at a young age, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform in front of you know thousands upon thousands every week. And then obviously wanted to provide for me family. I wanted to be the bread earner and yeah. and and make my family kick back and all that. So yeah, to be and give give her a, a great life. So the pressures was that and everything you mentioned there. There was probably little five and ten percent of everything you mentioned there in it as well. So yeah, it was. But I never ever want to blame that. And that no. I was just a, I was just a prick, Bill. And it, yeah, we can't. We, no, there's no justification. We yeah. can't like we just got to own our shit yeah. and be be honest yeah. about it. But what have you done besides writing um, and communicating with other people to yeah. to like grow in that self development yeah. area? What have you done to you? Uh, I think that's a big part of it. Got out of it, sort of changing room environment i think that that's mm. helped um the footballer scene is, a, is all like there's no like reality and realness to it i, I find on the coaching side there is because you're trying to show them that way um go for runs yeah. uh, write stuff down listen um me hours me hours in work i had uh, a nut really uh so I'm I'm full time now. Uh, I Saturdays and Sundays I'll work as well. So it's just constant. My days off. I'll, I'll have the baby and that. So there's um I, I'm I'm in a good place right now and everything around me is all structured and I get my rotors on a Sunday and I know exactly what I'm doing for the week and stuff. So yeah, it, everything's everything's great. And like I said, since the day I come back from America, like. That, that, so, that was me so the be all and end all in your life is that you need structure and discipline and, yeah. thing, and things to do yeah. it's not about the money no it's no, not about no. uh, all all the ego and the image yeah. and, and looking the past no so it used to be yeah it used to be all that not necessarily money but i, I did like the finer things in life and the, and the nice holidays and this that the other and um so you Potentially could say that, but some of the best days in my life was when I was banned and I'd go for walks for an hour and a half and and have a little chat and and go for a walk. Like they're the things that money can buy stuff like that. And now, um, you know, trackies and forever in my work gear and you know, 
gym gear and none of that stuff impresses me now it's mm. just like work and sort me my daughter's future like that that's all i'm interested in is uh, being happy i was talking to razor razor ruddock and he yeah. was saying like uh, because me and Darren's on a, a podcast yeah. with him and he was, talk, it, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, I think he was talking about how much he was earning. Yeah. But he said by the end, you know, by the, he'd, he'd spend more than he'd oh, earn. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that was just yeah. on going out and, you know, yeah, you do. Fucking just living that lifestyle. Yeah. So, because it's like money for nothing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a lot of fucking money that football is yeah. earning, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like incredible, 16, isn't it? like four and a half grand a week at 16. Like, the fuck, lad. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's big money and then, you think, well, I can go and get this, that, that this month because it's coming again in four weeks. And before you know it, like that four weeks becomes two years and you've only got a year left of your contract and you fucking... So 16, you, have, you, you were earning like, oh, well, 19 grand a, a month? Um, four and a half, nine, eight, 18, 18 grand plus bonuses and that, yeah. Uh, as, as, as a 16 year old yeah you know yeah. what I mean and then obviously you got tacked on that like but yeah, yeah but even if yeah. you got tacked on yeah yeah it's a lot of money for a kid yeah for a kid yeah and to, to, to have that much money coming in at that age it's gonna fucking have a, yeah. an effect in it yeah it is yeah, yeah. and it does because like you're that young lad and like I said before you're rubbing shoulders with all the big boys who are going to the best nightclubs and the best restaurants so guess what you end up going there yeah. and they've got a couple of mates around them so you get your mates with you and your mates are still in school or college so you're like well you know come with me I'll sort it and it is it, it's, it, it's like they it's say it's like they say like bad company corrupts good character you know yeah. you're involved in in you know a lot so did you ever get um did you ever go think or ever feel you'd go down that route of taking drugs? No. After never. that, after that, that, yeah. that experience with the ecstasy, right? Mm. Did you ever think that? Oh, fuck it, man. No, you know, honestly, just, just the depression was yeah, it? Yeah, ne- never ever did, Bill. Honest, and on art, I never did, and I never did with the drink. Never ever been a massive drinker, and mm, like yeah. I said, I'd never took a drug till then. So like, there's not a, a a drink I can put my finger on and say I I, I enjoy that like. I'll still go for a pint by all means with my mates, of course I will, but like, my mates are go, oh, isn't that a lovely pint? Like, honestly, I wouldn't know the difference between yeah. a lovely pint and a not lovely pint. If they're both cold, <laughs> they both taste the same to me. <laughs> so, um, there's not a drink I can put my finger on and say I love, but yeah, uh, no, get, never ever you, did. You get that one, don't you? Oh, I'd love to be shitting in a fucking beer garden yeah. with the out with a nice cold pint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know what a cold pint yeah. tastes like because I haven't drank for fucking years and yeah. I was never a big drinker either. Yeah. Like, um, but what possessed you at that moment, right? Never taking a drug in your life because yeah. you know you could have fucking ended up dead because yeah, it, it yeah. happens, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. To say half a Gary Ablett, yeah. right? Yeah. Gary Ablett's involved here. <laughs> Gary Ablett's a tablet for those yeah. that don't know. Yeah. is an ecstasy. But to take half a Gary, right? Mm. What possessed you? Honestly, don't know. Really, really don't know. Was it good? Was you remember the feelings on it? No, the feeling like I, I can always remember like the lads around me and that sort of looking at me and that as if like fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> it's slipping here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, no, it, it probably wasn't. No, um, wasn't really a good experience. And I'm not gonna sit here and say it was boss. I had the best night of my life because didn't really never. And then next day traveling home and all that was like oh. Going back to Sheffield, just felt bad about myself, yeah. really. Felt bad about myself, yeah. I think, to be fair, I think you needed that to happen in your yeah. life, you know. Yeah. 
Probably did, yeah. Because if it, if, it, it, if it never happens, sometimes this, you know, it's it's a rigorous kind of application mm. in your life where you yeah. go, fucking hell, if I if I hadn't been like caught, yeah, doing that, yeah, yeah, where would it have went? Would yeah. it have, would it have progressed? Because it could, yeah, have, yeah. you know, there's a progression. It could yeah. have went even further. Yeah, you could have went to a full cell. Let's have a line of Charlie. Yeah. Let's go and fucking with that. Because yeah. it happens, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah. it, you've caught it. Mm. You've been caught at the right time, and yeah. you've made that decision which is positive mm. in your life going forward. Yeah. You know, um, what was it gro- like growing up? No family background. Brilliant, brilliant. Mum and dad still together now. Um, That's very rare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Never wanted for nothing. No. Um, always loved. Yeah, still to this day now. Yeah, uh, anything I ever wanted, like even when I was was playing, me, me dad, I think five games of my whole life or something he's missed and yeah f- f- growing up was great yeah yeah it's great because mm. a lot of there's a lot of people that have had like you know like especially from liverpool yeah you know the growing up the, the, the background's being quite tough yeah. you know mm. and some of it it doesn't matter where you come from yeah. and that's what you, you're mm. sharing now yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. whether you've had a great upbringing yeah right yeah. you can still go down this ramp there's this yeah. part where it's like dark yeah jasper you yeah. know wanting to end it mm. You know, you could have like the worst life ever, mm. and, and and fucking be a bright fucking shining yeah, yeah. beacon for everybody else. Yeah. So it doesn't make it. it it's it's not. Do you think it's it's not the what how you brought up or the background? You think mm. it's the pathway you want to see? Yeah, yeah. And like you said before about like people round you and all that. Like you, you'll always have your family round you, no matter what you do, right or wrong. You'll always, you know, majority, 99% will, will stick by you. If, then you start, like, going, venturing near, venturing near, being in places that you know, really, you shouldn't be in. Like, yeah. I just wish I would have sort of stayed in training for an extra few hours and then come home and I used to like an afternoon sleep me and after training, have a little hour sleep and then by the time you've had your tea, you're back to bed because you're doing it again. And yeah. it, in terms of to be a top footballer now, you that you need to eat, sleep, and breathe. And now you never. Yeah, no, because it wasn't like it, it is today for like kids who are boxing as well. You know mm. the nutrition. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. We oh, yeah. to make weight back yeah. then, we just fucking skipped. Yeah, yeah. And ran a bit longer. Yeah. Mm. You know, we we never got these these special diets. Yeah. It was never fucking part of our our life. You yeah. just got on the scales. We just seemed to weigh okay. Yeah. But yeah. now you've got to put like a lot of effort into oh, it. Is, to yeah. you, is that with football as well? Oh, definitely, yeah. Also with the football, I reckon, yeah. Well, necessarily you don't need to make weight, but it's... You, the, need, to, the, you, the, like, you need to have a level of fitness, don't you? Yeah. yeah, you need to be under a certain amount of uh, body fat. They go off in football, yeah. Do they? Body fat, yeah. Probably normally needs to be under 10%. So is the training in sense with fo- in football? Yeah, um, yeah, it is. The intensity is always up there, but like... The, the numbers where the boxers might come in and train for an hour an hour and a half two hours and then back in the afternoon and that 40s more like towards the hour and then they might go in the gym two twice twice a week but come game time like the intensity and that of runs and yeah because you've got to spend 90 minutes on the pitch yeah, haven't you yeah and that 90 minutes has got to be at it for the whole 90 minutes and you know if four minutes stoppage times come on and you're getting tired like you ain't fit because if you draw a game now and it's a cup game, you're playing for another half an hour after that. Yeah, so it's hundred and twenty minutes. So you need you, you need the yeah, robots. Yeah, when, when I watch these games, I think fucking ninety minutes yeah. on the pitch. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. People are screaming at the telly, kicking yeah. off yeah. loads of 
schools. You carry on over it. Them kids have got to be. They're, they're yeah. under a lot of pressure. They've got to be really like. Oh yeah. Stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Inmates, yeah. yeah. Lethal. He's fast on his legs, and he's yeah. like that right the way through the oh, game, yeah. isn't he? All through. Yeah. And and that's the majority of the Premier League footballers now. They yeah. They like that. They have their own chefs, their own masses, their own gyms in their house, and people say, "Oh, that." Aren't, aren't they great professionals? I get it, they are. <laughs> but you know, if you were getting fucking 150 grand a week, we'd yeah. all do that. Fucking it's for the lads who are lower down, League Ones, League Twos, you can't yeah. really afford that. That's where it, it becomes tough in terms of getting your own chef. Yeah. You know, you, you've got you've to gotta take that upon yourself to eat right, sleep well, hydrate well. So that's where it's a little bit tougher, lower down. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not as hard as if you've got someone... Yeah, doing all that doing stuff all for, for you, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it is sort of the training is absolutely yeah intense, and that, and is that what you do? So what do you do with these kids now? So yeah, I coach them. So uh, from under thirteens, fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, I'm round, um, and I'll and I'll coach them all. Yeah. So tonight I'll be in. Tomorrow I've got a course in Stoke, and then Sunday I'm in Newcastle with them, uh, and then Monday and then I'll I'll be back in again. So Wednesday's my day off, and yeah, coach. Coach Mondays, sometimes games Tuesdays, coach Thursday, Fridays, Saturday, Sundays. Yeah. So. so, have you seen any potential in the coaching in the kids that you've that you coach? Yeah, there is. The, you know, Everton's a you know top class academy. So, if we didn't have any talent coming through, we we'd need to be scratching our heads. But there definitely is, definitely is some good good lads coming through, and uh, it's good it's good to coach them. There's some real good coaches who I also learn off as well. So. It's a great environment to be in at the minute. What do you think of Everton's new manager? I said said this before, Bill. Like, like you were saying about the the city and people know how it is and all that. Like, everyone knows he's been at Liverpool. So what? The man's a great manager, and he's come in. He's got results already, and Everton look to be you know playing playing well, getting the results. So like, just instead of judging him, let. let it goes back to before where you you want to jump on someone. Yeah. Sit back, have have the conversation, see see him, uh, judge him on a year or two down the line. What do you? Well, so what's what's your your view on like fans? Um, they're quick to judge on managers that are coming through because there's a lot. You know, you've seen it with Mourinho and everyone, yeah. didn't you? You know, yeah. the, the the fucking. The, they do well, they do well, yeah. and then they do fucking yeah. one bad fucking season. Then yeah, so fans can get you out the door, of course they can, because they're the ones paying the money, so owners have got to listen to them. As a player, I always did like to listen to the fans in terms of uh, they paid my wages, so if they had anything negative to say to me or anything like that, I, I'd take it on board and get on with it. Uh, I also see the ones who call you a prick one week and then the next week are saying you're the best player we've ever seen. So there's that fine balance. But for me, you, you sort of do need to to, to take a, an interest in what the fans say because, like I said, yeah, they're it's, paying our uh, money to go and watch you. Exactly, yeah. So it's like it's important that, you know, you want to be winning things. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's it, what do you believe the difference is between, is it, is it money, or I think it is, between Liverpool and Everton? Um, yeah. Why? Why is Why is an Everton zone as successful as as Liverpool? Um, tough one, tough one to to answer. I honestly, don't know with with the new owner, the new stadium, and all stuff like that. You 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 straight away you 
you'd attract new new things like Newcastle now they've just got a new owner mm. and all of a sudden they're talking about like signing Salah and Neymar and getting this manager in and that manager and straight away they, they, they might be a buzz about the place there's some lads who are at a, at a top level who might only have a few years left and want a massive payday out so like they might go to Newcastle now you, you never know but I just think once Everton wins, win a bit of silverware. I think this year already the the league tables looking looking all right. Mm. Obviously, no more after Christmas. But once you get into the the Champions League, Europa League, you win a, a little trophy, then you you certainly start attracting. And I don't even think you were born when we were winning silverware, yeah. though. <laughs> no, no, I, I wasn't, but. It, and it is sad to see because yeah, cause the, I, know, I remember back in, in the, the 80s, back in yeah. the 80s and you know yeah. you got Andy Gray yeah. fucking unbelievable yeah. team back then yeah. AD and Eve yeah. I can name the, 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 the team back then like, yeah. I don't know what fucking player now yeah well right. I played golf Wednesday like Sharpie and and all out of there and uh, you look Sam at and Giza. Yeah, yeah yeah you look at them all and think like you know what they brought to the club was, was, was brilliant but like you see with Leicester, anyone can do it. You just need to, you know, concentration levels at a, at a high level for. Yeah, because they fucking won a Premier, around. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Leicester won a Premier League, and Leicester had all due respect, you know, top top manager there, and you know, got a great team. But they ain't a bigger club than Everton, Leicester. And no, but they what they they top player. They had one shot player. Yeah, Va- they had Vardy at the time. He was, he was scoring goals and he that. Was, and he was the, the main goal scorer. Yeah. He played for England as well, yeah. didn't he? In the end, so. I always wonder because you know, like I said before, I'm not a big Everton fan, but I do watch it yeah. and I do listen. You know, and I do go fucking yeah. what's going on with yeah. that team? Yeah. You know, um, I'm more of an Archer supporter. Yeah. Know, I am. Um, I'd like to. I've been to a few matches. Yeah. Um, I'd rather watch a little bit of boxing to be yeah. fair. Yeah. So the difference between like Liverpool and Everton is obviously money. Yeah. Well, I think I think if like Liverpool, you know, have we seen over the few years winning a Premier League? Winning the Champions League straight away, that it attracts massive money. It, it, it attracts sponsorship money. It, it attracts, you know, bonuses through winning that. So it's easier to spend then. Where if you're not, everything you, you're spending is like sort of, let's say, coming out your own pocket, which I know that that's what these are in for. And you've seen with Machiri and Ken mm. uh, writing that over the years. They're not ashamed of doing that. You come in, you know, yeah. the Bramley Moore dock already and Fifty million pound for players and all that. He's he, he has put his money on the table, which is great. And you know, I think honestly, I do think the the future's looking good for Everton. And if they do win so and that attracts then that stuff, what we're talking about, it's easier to spend. Then tell us a little bit about uh, the background of being a bit of blue. Um, people always people always say that bit of blue. I just think uh, I think every fan through what I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my footy career is bitter at some point yeah. if you sit there and your team gets beat on a Saturday you'll see a bitter chef you fan you'll see a bitter chef you Wednesday fan a bitter Liverpool fan yeah. United fan it's just there uh, I just think it's I just think it rhymes doesn't it and yeah, it's, yeah. it's stuck yeah. bitter blue you yeah. know we, we, we our job gets it along you know what I mean because <laughs> um, he lives in a house full of reds and he yeah. can't fucking stand them yeah, you know what yeah. I mean you know yeah. it's, it's funny to watch but um when the dad he's on like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean but then as our kid's a bit of a little bit of a cat really because yeah. he's got a top 
He's got a Liverpool swap and an Everton swap. Yeah, <laughs> whoever wins. Whoever wins. Day. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Slavery, I caught him out a few times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's 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 always um, that's always been something that like Everton have been fucking like no one's, no one has busy. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, I think like you know, and, and the banter between you know you, you just don't want a podcast with Andy. Yeah. Andy's a yeah. fucking big red, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I you know I only know that because I've seen a few. Yeah. Pictures of fucking Ali throws everything up on fucking red. Yeah, the red, yeah. Andy, you're a cop. I <laughs> on. Um, yeah, so you, you're, um, you know, that's a, that's a big thing, isn't it? The, yeah. the city. It is. Do you think there's a bit of an us and them? Do you think the banter's harmless banter? Because years ago, it never used to be like that. It used to I, be battles, didn't I, it? I think Weiber, like you said, and you hit the nail on the head before. So going back to the 80s, it was Liverpool winning this, Everton winning that. And the competition between the two of them was one of them won something. Yeah. So there was never that... Support. There was, no, I think there was never that, um, you know, arguments, like you said, and there was never that, like, people getting into heated discussions yeah. over it because it was like, all right, well, we'll get you next time. But as it goes on, the years and the years in terms of Liverpool are winning stuff and Everton not so winning stuff, it, the arguments come a little bit more so like will Liverpool start saying well where are you now type thing and Everton saying well we won everything then and yeah. and, and that's where the, the, the arguments come I think if Everton start winning things and Liverpool do again that you'll see the conversations I think and, the, you know, the city as a whole should be supporting each oh, other yeah, you know definitely. that's what I felt so I might, I, and I don't watch football because of like watching my dad growing up yeah. he'd smash the fucking house yeah, up if yeah. we lost you know he, yeah, was a, yeah. he was a bit of a I'm not saying he was a bit of fucking, but it was like it was hard to see, yeah. you know. It was, it was, and then he'd be screaming at the telly or they'd, they'd have his mates around yeah. and they'll all be fucking yeah. kicking off. And I think they're putting a lot of energy into, yeah, yeah, yeah. to like feeling really upset. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And then you see it on like social media if a team loses, oh, you know. So if 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 Everton, if say for example a derby, you know, mm. people have won. Obviously, fucking Everton always get beat at the derby. <laughs> I think the last one was a draw. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that was it. I think if, it, yeah. if, it, if it remember rightly. But Everton never seems to fucking win. Mm. You know, it's, mm. it's quite mad. And Liverpool fans seem to put down. Yeah. Everton, but Everton yeah. seems to fucking bounce back. Yeah. The same stuff. Like you said. What do you think the, the answer is to that? Um, I just <laughs> think, like, not admit, like I'm totally with you. Support. Like, see, I'd be happy with both doing well. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're from a city where... If one's doing well, the tourist attractions are brilliant. Yeah. Everton putting that new stadium down on the dock, absolutely brilliant for the tourist attractions, for the city, for for the economy, everything. It, it, it's brilliant. So that that that'd be my answer. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Right. I've really enjoyed this little chat. I'm trying to like um, trying to like understand football <laughs> a little bit better you know it's yeah. funny because when I was talking to Ray I didn't even know who we played yeah. for but like, so we were like saying there because like, I, I try not to go in with any yeah, yeah. Um, with any questions yeah, yeah, or any yeah. research I only know you from social yeah. media yeah. and we've met once um, I don't know your background yeah, yeah. Those days. I don't yeah, watch yeah. Yeah. stuff so I'm, best I, way to go in so I'm yeah. coming in looking yeah. like with a, with, a, with a blank canvas yeah yeah. If, I, if I've got questions, oh, you've done this, yeah, you've done yeah. that, then yeah. I've tried scripted. it once before and it didn't seem as authentic. Yeah, yeah. you know, no, so totally with you, yeah. I'd rather just come in and ask questions, get a few, make a few mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not perfect, and yeah. you know, if you see anyone of this, run a fucking mile because yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's going to be something wrong with them. So I'm trying to understand a little bit about football, um, and I, 
I have. Yeah. After this little conversation. So I always say this at the end of um, every podcast, yeah. OJ. Yeah. What would you say? Pearls of wisdom yeah. here. Yeah. I always get pulled <laughs> up if I don't get this one right. Um, any pearls of wisdom? Is there anything you'd say, right, to a young OJ Baxter coming through the, the doors of life? What would you say to them? Look at yourself, just, yeah. just, just I, a young you. Yeah, as a footballer, or as a person. Just as, in, just as a person wanting to fucking make a decision and choose his own pathway in life. Um, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Keep it simple. Mm. I like it. Yeah. And with that, mate, thank yeah. you very much. No problems, Bill. Thank, thank you man. very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you.